20 Second Showdown, Six Nymphed and Donut County. This is Staying In. Oh, and just before we begin, in this episode, for some reason, we say the word meta, M-E-T-A, quite a lot without really explaining what it is. So I've just got this off Wikipedia and it says the meta game is any approach to a game that transcends or operates outside of the prescribed rules of the game. So I hope that makes some sort of sense. This is staying in. Nina! It's come back from <laughs> the hospital. What What has? I had to send my Joy-Cons, yeah. my Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers, off to the Nintendo hospital recently. Yeah, where Dr. Mario works. Where Dr. Mario works, yeah. I mean, he just throws pills at them, <laughs> which is... Awful bedside manner. Ineffective. <laughs> and... I have to say, it was a thoroughly professional experience. Um, they went away in a little box that I had to create for them. And uh, at every point in the stage, I was given like a little update <laughs> on how my Joy-Cons were oh getting along. So it's like when you get your car in for an MOT, you're allowed to look through <laughs> the viewing window. <laughs> yeah, I was there standing next to them with flowers in one hand, like some grapes in the Watching other. Watching Bargain like. Hunt on the TV in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joy-Con left yellow, pull yeah. through. The Nintendo hospital really pulls out all the stops. And th- and this is the kind of nerdy thing that I'm enjoying in my later life. Yeah. Is that I was immediately alerted to um, the fact that Repair Tech was sending back one of my Joy-Cons and it would be delivered by the DPD driver. And I was like, oh God, now it's, you know, whenever I see like, arrange your delivery i'm just like i'm never going to be in like it's yeah. it's never going to arrive on time it's just going to be the the worst experience yeah other very poor delivery companies are available <laughs> yeah <laughs> however however oh can i just say many thanks to angela her <laughs> husband and their dpd dog <laughs> who who um came to deliver uh, both of my Joy Cons actually, because they arrived they arrived separately. How big are these Joy Cons? <laughs> How big are these Joy Cons? Well, they're tiny, but one was fixed first. Well, no fault was found, so that was sent back. Angela delivered that one, and the next one was delivered by yeah. Angela. And when the second one came, yeah, um, uh, they just drove up to the house and just sat outside. And my dog was just going mental because obviously she could see another dog in the car. Two people just sitting there, sitting outside in this DPD van. And we were like, oh, you know, oh, delivery men just like sitting on the driveway waiting. And then she got out the door, came up, rang the doorbell. And like, and she's like, oh, I'm really sorry that um, that we're just sitting on the driveway there. We cannot physically deliver this package to you until the time officially stated on on the email and text you have been sent. So I got sent a text at the start of the day saying, Angela will deliver your Joy-Con to you between 2.30 and 3.30. 
She arrived at our house at 2.20. So she had to she had to sit in the car with her husband and her dog until 2.30. Otherwise, she wouldn't have physically... Be, I mean, she would have physically been able to hand over the package. But if she tried to scan it yeah. to say that it had been handed over, it, the computer wouldn't have acknowledged it. So... What? Well, well done. Well, well done. done. Well like, done, Angela and family. That's the kind of precision delivering that when I retire, that's the kind of like yeah. really pedantic yeah. thing that I'd love to do when I retire. Yeah. Just sitting outside of people's houses going, no, I cannot physically deliver the package that you really want until the specified time. It's like when you drive at the speed limit and there's loads of people trying to overtake you and you're just like happy in your knowledge that you're doing everything to obey the laws yeah, and like, rules of the world. I'm morally <laughs> right in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like when my dad's parents used to come and visit and if we if we'd agreed on a particular time and if they arrived early, they wouldn't <laughs> kind of come in. They would instead <laughs> park at the top of the road. Chris, this can't be real. There's nothing like family love, is there? We said we'd arrive at four and it's 2.30. We just could drive around a few times. We don't want to see him for any longer than that. That's what they said. (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst bit. Yeah. (laughs) That they wouldn't want to spend more time with you. Barry, I have allocated seven hours of mental energy to Chris. That's seven hours and not a minute longer. What's the most amount of people you played a game with? Uh, Like 40? Maybe 50? 50? 50? Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, you can't you can't find enough time to play full blown a seven one. You haven't got enough people to play seven wonders. I know, with yeah. You, but... well, I'm Peter Wellington. The one thing I hate is playing games in large groups that take ages. Is it like if you got your own British bulldog team? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I played a um, I played a mega game. I played um, a a game where uh, it was called. I think the game was. I can't remember what the game was called, but it was basically it was set in a brewery, and we were in a brewery in, in, in <laughs> you Bristol. Sure it just wasn't a night out. Yeah, yeah it wasn't no, like no. your birthday party. It was a game. Of, yeah. It was a game about. It was a role playing game about prohibition, and it was kind of like um like that sort of. Uh... <laughs> so nobody drank. I'm sure the owners of the pub were thrilled. <laughs> uh, and it was what was this game? I'm sure. I'm sure this was your birthday a few years. No, ago. it was. A, it was. A, it was. Um... It was a, a Halloween thing. It was around my birthday, but it was basically um, it was a game where half of us, well, everybody was a mob member. Pretty much everybody was a member of the mob, and then some people okay. were like members of the society. And then the idea was that everybody had like a secret agenda, and that you had to get that, and you also had to not die. All right, Generally, okay. eight for me. The resistance, probably, and spy yeah, for well, it's kind of like I know a Pete Pete story is kind of like buried what i was gonna say yeah. so oh. you know it's not as impressive now oh. i thought like i was gonna be like well i played a game with 14 other people and you'd be guys whoa 14 yeah i mean that is extraordinary it is it is extraordinary what game could you possibly play with 14 people sam well you can actually play it up to 20 people 20, 20 people and this is this is brand new from um big potato games they made they made uh, the Barack Obama Llama game. 
The Barack Obama Llama game, yes, yeah. they did make that game, yeah. otherwise known as just Obama Llama. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, they also made Bucket of Doom, okay, um, which is another popular um, part of the game. And they've also made this one, which is called 20 Second Showdown. And they're very, very nice people. Mm. Uh, it's a UK company, and they sent us this copy of 20 Second Showdown. Um, and they sent it in a nice box and they must have definitely known the audience because it came with a, a, a lovely tote bag filled with sweets yeah from the late 90s yeah they've, they've got you pinned down yeah so this is a party game for like five to 20 people and, and and when it comes to party games i like to think of myself as a bit of a a party game snob in a way when we were first like playing games as a family like cards against humanity was the big was the big thing yeah and yeah i think cards against humanity is great for one respect because is it it for people who are not very familiar with board games or people who are not very familiar with party games who haven't really played a party game beyond like say twister or jenga or like trivial pursuit or something like that cards against humanity feels like a dirty little secret like it feels like you know something that shouldn't be allowed um sure which which i think definitely has its place after the second time i played it i was like okay yeah i'm 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 not really the biggest fan of it and it's not i don't think it's really because i'm a prude it's just because i uh i don't really enjoy the the challenge so yeah. when i was looking for that next sort of party game step that's where um, big potato games kind of uh, really stepped in in for me. Like we played Bucket of Doom, and that was kind of like the Cards Against Humanity version, but with a lot more depth and, and interesting. In Bucket of Doom, you basically have these scenarios that you're attempting, like sort of those devilish, um, super villain esque scenarios that you have to try and find a way of escaping from. Like you're in a pit full of vipers. The only thing you've got on you is a hair grip and a pint of milk. Like how are you going to escape? Okay. And rather than what are these humorously offensive cards can I put down next? It's actually like, hang on, let me think about this and let me actually try and entertain the people that are sure. around me. Yeah. Um, and then we got a Barmalama for one Christmas and that was just like one of those moments where, huh, this is charades, but fun. Mm. Um, and then Monica's came along and <laughs> everyone in my family was like, this game is incredible. And now at least I think my mother-in-law and my auntie-in-law now both own copies of Monica's since we played it. Brilliant. Um, which isn't which isn't it? Monica's isn't a big potato game, but I'm but I I bring up Monica's and it rating so highly in my family for a very pertinent reason, which I'll come to later. So then we got Twenty Second Showdown, and we had a party, and there's fifteen of us, and it was like Monica's versus Twenty Second Showdown ooh, from Big Potato Games, ooh. and that needs a everyone was very sort of. You know, everyone was very sort of sceptical about, you know, about this game and like, would it actually be, you know, Monica's, the game that we all play and we love so much that Chris made a bespoke version of it for my snag do. It's called Samica's. certainly did. 
Um, so Twenty Second Showdown comes in this um, in the, in this box, which is shaped like an hourglass, mm-hmm. and um, all that's inside it really is is a couple of batons. One's yellow and one's blue. Okay. And the batons are actually quite important. A, a, a bunch of cards. I think there's about four hundred of them. And then this, which is actually, when I first saw it, I was a bit critical of it. I thought, really? Like, could you not just, like, get us to do this all on our phones? This novelty-sized sand timer. Right. Now, when I turn this over, hopefully you'll be able to hear this thing. Well, you definitely would be. Oh, God. And... So this this sand timer is specifically designed to be uh, quite loud. Yeah. And that is for a reason. Because once you really get going with 20 Second Showdown, the noise that the that everyone around the table is making throughout this game the thing that you're actually using as a main mechanism of the game, which is like, how long have I got to do this challenge and succeed, has to be loud enough to be heard over it. Mm. And my God, there's a lot of noise, especially when we played it with 14 people. Even when I played it with six people, it was incredible, astounding. So so it's very, very easy. You have two teams, blue and yellow. Um, the person whose go it is holds the bat on. You have one person who's like the judge who isn't really on a team. And I think with smaller groups, you can probably get away with the judge not the judge being part of a team. But as teams get bigger, you really need someone to like have an overview of the whole game and also almost manage it in a way because things get so frenetic and so pacey you've only got 20 seconds to do things so you kind of need someone with a level head who has no interest in what the other teams are doing to be able to go right here's the next challenge and so whoever this judge is turns a time over if it's blue you have the blue end of the hourglass on top they've got 20 seconds to shout out the names of five different coffee drinks chris And that's why Chris would have lost, because he should have said latte, macchiato, frappuccino, cappuccino, and americano. Yeah, and then you flip the timer over, and now it's a yellow team's turn. And who's holding the yellow team baton says, uh, has to answer the riddle, what has hands but cannot clap? Clock. Correct. And then you turn the thing over, and then the baton gets passed to the next player, and it keeps on going until the timer of one perspective half runs out mm. and that's it it's 20 second showdown so there's a wonderful thing about this game where and this is why I brought up Monica's 20 second showdown is now a game that I will take with me to every family gathering alongside Monica's and the reason that it has that plinth is because of the curation of the cards that are in there. Mm. There's nothing to stop you from going home and just making your own version of Monica's or making your own version of 20 Second Showdown. The secret to what those games are actually able to do is the the writing that has gone onto the cards and the pool of yes. activities and tasks. 
that they're asking you to do. That's what gets me excited about 20 Second Showdown. The fact that there's like a mix of here's a riddle you have to solve, here's a maths puzzle, but then there's also me having to hand a card to my father-in-law using my mouth. Um, (laughs) What did he use? (laughs) (laughs) But funny story. When my dad spent Christmas uh, with us, he actually turned to me and went, is um, is uh, uh, Lisa's brother adopted? I was like, no. He goes, well, he never, he never calls his dad dad. He just refers to him by his first name. And I was just like, that just sums up like, yeah, you know, that's their relationship. Yeah. But then you get a game like 20 Second Showdown and that same man is being lifted off his back legs in wheelbarrow style, being hauled across a kitchen floor while he touches Whoa. the farthest door from the thing. And it's just like, yeah, I just love any party game or any game that is able to use competition as a way to encourage play and it for it to be good play. It's not... And I think this is what Big Potato Games is is genuinely really good at. It, it doesn't feel like play uh, at the expense of anyone or anyone in particular. Like there's nothing really that I've experienced in this deck of cards that really singles anybody out or is unfair to anyone right. or there's nothing really that uh, tricky or difficult. And if you are stuck, there are these little like help cards which you can play so you can get help from your team to to finish something. But there's nothing that feels especially mean. It's all play designed around... Yeah. Around if you can't get something like saying just if I pick another one out at random and it will be a good one because these cards are so brilliant. It's like slow dance with a teammate for three seconds. They're just... They're just these wonderful little things that everyone wants to take part in. <laughs> but exactly, they create those moments of just like fun and laughter. Yeah. And, like, and that's why this counter has to be so loud because by the time the other team are getting their instruction, you're still laughing at Auntie Norris and Uncle Ken slow dancing for three seconds in the middle of the table. And the other team are like, we've only got five seconds to get our instruction and get, get the other thing. And... That's why it comes down to the fact that you need a judge to do these kind of things. I think, I think, just to fire um, a pistol into the air occasionally. <laughs> yeah. And that curation of the cards is what everyone on that we were playing with like loved so much so that we actually had to house rules the game slightly. Right. Because the action's so frenetic in between times, we were stopping the timer to kind of let the action bubble down a little bit before the next team would get will get their action. Right. Um, because things kind of would get missed. And if I did sort of level anything against against this game is that 20 seconds sometimes doesn't feel like long enough, especially when you have to crawl through seven pairs of legs on your hands and knees. Like, And the other team just had to answer a simple maths puzzle. Like um, sometimes the the balance of things can be a little bit off and also you very much get the sense that this was created by a group of friends all in an office just giving each other tasks to do right like maybe if they're slightly bored because a lot of them like there are some ones who just like fold a piece of paper eight times or take off an item of clothing and uh, wrap it around your head or take off your shoes and wear them on different feet 
we were playing uh, at a garden party and it was really hot. Some people were only wearing one item of clothing. There was hardly any paper around because it was just a towel. Because <laughs> it was just a party. Most people weren't wearing any shoes. One of the tasks called for a phone. That person just didn't have their phone, and we'd already used up their help card. And it's just like, well, what do we, what do we do now? And mm. I think that's when you know this game is really, really good because those like little niggles really shine out Mm. it's like when someone has a card that says activate the torch on your phone and twirl around like you're a lighthouse (laughs) but they don't have a phone and they can't ask for help because they've already used the help knowing that you've missed out on that Ah, that thing like seeing grandpa do that is a real shame and it's and it is like a real shame like thinking about the next time i play this do i have to have like does everyone have to be like everyone wearing a cardigan and a jumper? Has everyone <laughs> yeah. got shoes on? Yeah. All right, we've got a pen and paper over there. We've got like glasses and safe things over here. Like we've pushed all the furniture to the sides of the room. Now that we're ready to play, which doesn't really feel like in the essence of the game. Right. But I think I only pick up on that kind of thing because we were having so much fun playing it. Only one glass got broken and it was a bloody miracle. Um, (laughs) But I think that, I mean, that sentence of I'm surprised that only one glass got broken is probably the highest praise you can give this game. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it perfectly, it feels like it perfectly encapsulates what this game is about. Like, get some friends together, hang out, and then just make each other feel silly. Like, play. And, and 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 I think and and good heart like good humoured play from yeah, what yeah. you've been saying. So, man, that sounds yeah, that sounds really yeah, and good. We played and we played Monica's afterwards. Yeah, and as soon as we finished Monica's, everyone just wanted to play Twenty Second Showdown again. Yeah, and this is a game. When I finished playing it, everyone asked me like, "Oh, how much is this game? Like, where can I get? Oh, I'm definitely getting a copy of that. I'm definitely yeah, I'm definitely getting a copy of that." And I really hope, I really, really, really hope that Big Potato um, support this with more cards Mm. because the one problem that Monica's has, and I call it the awful uncle problem, is that, um, and this comes from the fact that every time I've played Monica's, we've always had the your awful uncle card, always gets picked. Ah. And I have Monica's with two expansion packs in right. it. And no matter what I do to try and avoid like repeats, like I pick out clumps from all different parts of the thing, like deal them out, shuffle them, every amount of different players, your awful uncle always turns up. And the three or four times I played 20 Second Showdown, starting to see repeats. Ooh. And even though different people are doing those different things, mm. it's... And that's that's my biggest worry is like how many games can I play of Twenty Second Showdown before I start to have to panic about like these wonderful cards becoming a precious commodity. Um, yeah, but I mean that is unfortunately the double edged sword of being the person who owns the party game. Like you, you, yeah, like you, like you, the fact that you introduce it to loads of people. All the people who come to your party are like, wow, I had an amazing time. And you're like, my awful uncle again. 
I'd I'd love for them just to like whether it's on Kickstarter or something, which I know is what Monica's does from time to time. It's just like have a little run of like selling some more of these cards yeah. to release because you know th- these these things to me are like gold dust. Like when Monica's gets a new expansion, I snap those things up straight away because that is what I'm playing these games for. Is someone a lot cleverer, funnier, and smarter than I to tell me how to play and be funny Mm -hmm. um and and that to me is like worth more than its weight in gold it's just brilliant love it you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i was i I was gonna go for that joke as well i was gonna go with i'll be round later but uh um chris quickly sam list everything that you've eaten today Oh, we'll be here for more than 20 seconds. F***ing hell. <laughs> we, were, we were all together recently. <laughs> we were? Oh, We were, weren't we? We yeah. all had a... I mean, Dan was, but he's not here now, so... He's currently holidaying. I, I, oh, good. I'm glad you said that, Chris, because the way I said it yeah, made it sound exceptionally... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dan was there, but he's not now. Yeah, no fault found. <laughs> Like we got together and murdered him. <laughs> yes, we we had all sorts of fun fun times uh, in here in sunny Bristol. Except it wasn't that sunny. It was absolutely hammering it down all of the time. It always. was incredibly not sunny. It was, um... but it was still it was still lovely. Um, I did something I've never done before in Bristol, and that was slide down some shiny rocks. Yes, it is a Bristol tradition. We buffed that slide beautifully, didn't we? It's an it's a. Na- it's a natural slide. It's a natural, it was a thing, yeah, it's a natural slide. So I don't, what worries me most about that natural slide is, Pete, what came first? Because surely that natural, mm. like, smooth stone is, cre- is like, cu- created over time by erosion. Very long time. So yeah. have people of Bristol been sliding down it for hundreds of years? So yes. So it's now smooth and shiny and super easy to slide down. Yeah. If that's the case... Then I'm very, very thankful yes. for everyone at Bristol for, for doing that. For, for all me. of the burnt asses that came before. Yeah, your pain and sacrifice meant that I could have a great time sliding down some rocks. Yes. I don't think the word martyr gets used enough, actually. <laughs> this is why it's always good to remember your history. Yeah. You actually brought with you a game, and I was kind of conflicted on it, and I can't remember the name of it because it's got some foreign name. <laughs> All right, yeah, Six Nymphed. Yes, oh, Six yeah. Nymphed. It was very... I didn't like it, and then I liked it, and then I was like, mm, I don't know. So this was in the music. This was in the Bristol Museum that you busted this out, Sam. It was the Bristol Museum that I, I busted this out. And, and this is the bone I've got to pick with Pete. Mm. Last time around on the podcast, you were bemoaning the fact that you haven't got any friends, and <laughs> like you don't like playing big games, yes. and like really, all you want in life is to be able to like get a few people together, get something out of your pocket, and play something for twenty minutes, have a great time, and then walk away. Yeah. And then I showed you Six Nymphed, literally getting it out of my pocket, playing it for twenty minutes. I asked you, "Oh, did you like that?" And you were like, "Yeah, it was all right." Yeah, I mean, it really. It was. Yeah. It was all right. It was okay. I mean. I found it's it... more than it's more than all right. It's a it's a really superb superb game. I mean, if if Re- refresh my memory, how how refresh your memory? How I, I I can barely remember the mechanics. It's something to do with cards and numbers. <laughs> There's only really one. 
There's only one. I mean, Six Nymphs is very simple. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, then chances are you also watch Shut Up and Sit Down. Um, so you'll probably already know what Six Nymphs is. But in case you don't, uh, Six Nymphs is a card game uh, which is made up of just 104 cards. And immediately, like that kind of prospect just grabs my attention. Mm-hmm. Like I... At the moment, the games that I love the most are games, and I think it's the games that I've always loved as a child. When my when my grandpa first taught me Clock Solitaire, I've always been obsessed. Go off and play on your own. Well, it, Sam, it was. Said. It was kind of like he didn't want to play with me, and like I heard of like Solitaire and played Solitaire, and he was like, "But how about this?" Mm. And it was the first time someone had demonstrated to me how how one thing could be used in multiple ways like how something could be like could morph and something the same things could represent different things mm. and i think ever since then i've been obsessed with this idea of like a pack of cards could be any number of games and cards with one to a hundred of them could be the mind but then cards with one to a hundred of them could also be um six nymphed Mm. plus four cards mm-hmm. yeah so i i i immediately am on board with that with that kind of concept of here are a deck of cards with a few numbers of them the most important thing here is the rules and the interactions with other people that you have playing the game and, and you know that is just i am on board with that because that's what i want and i think pete that's what you want to Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone, you shuffle the cards, all 104 of them. You deal 10 to each of the players. This um, six nymph suits two to 10. And then so everyone's got a hand of 10 cards. Then you've got four cards in the table, which of course have a number of them each. And the idea is, is you've got to play a card from your hand that will go next to one of those four cards uh, in the center of the table. And there are only two rules, really that has to follow your card has to be uh higher than one of the four cards on the table and if it's higher than two or three of the cards on the center of the table then it will always go next to the card in which there's a smallest amount of difference between the two numbers does that make sense so like if you've got the card 99 and on the table is 96 and 97, you'll put it onto the one that is 97 because it's closest. Yes. Okay. Okay. That'd be a tough game if it was like that. It would. <laughs> and that's it in terms of rules. Mm. The only other rule really is that if you place a card on a row and it's the sixth card to be placed on that row, hence the name six nymphed or six takes if you don't speak German, you will then take every single card in the row, in that row as a penalty. And on all the cards is a small bull, like a bull's head. Some cards have multiple bulls. Some cards just have one bull. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most bulls, bulls, essentially loses. Or So whoever has the least bulls, it's like golf, whoever has the least um, wins. And that's it. And within those like two or three different rules, it's just an incredible, like, incredible card game. And and I absolutely love it. And I think when I first played this game with, with my wife, she was like, ugh, 
when all you're doing is trying to put down a card that's higher than a card that's already there it's difficult to know am i really like doing anything strategic here or am i just yeah trying to get rid of my hand of cards it is a game that gets to the meta very quickly like like the, the game is entirely it's meta but yeah. it does take three or four games to get to that meta yeah which is why which is why at the start of this because it's a card game with based on cards that, that have just got numbers on them the game exists between the people that you're playing with yeah and playing with those rules so very very quickly like my wife didn't really agree with it the first couple of games. And then we played something else and she turned to me and went, I really like that game that we were playing before. I, I really liked it. And she played it again and then immediately she started to, to understand a bit more about what the game is asking you to do. And essentially what the game is asking you to do is, is more often than not gamble on what everyone else is going to be doing yeah, around the push table. Push Quinton Smith in his review refers to the game having this wonderful like flow of it starting off very easy because everyone's got lots of different different options to go to and then suddenly the whole game filtering down to the fact that everyone's only got three cards left and their options become very very limited which means that there becomes a lot of these moments where someone will put down a card that will either screw you up or free you up just to run and do something you never thought was possible until that card was played on the table. And the joy and elation or the frustration and the heartache you feel in that moment is just absolutely incredible. And it just happens round and round and round, play on play on play. I like to think of Sick Nymph not really having flow, but having more of that sort of accordion feel that some games would have. There's those moments where it really stretches out and then those moments it really comes together and it's really tight and then suddenly you have that like breath of fresh air and it stretches out and then it sort of like all compresses and everyone's having that that moment of compression or 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 um or that relaxation at different times around the table mm. i think a major selling point for me in this game is and why it was so perfect for us in bristol was it's not just a single deck of cards. It's a single deck of cards where literally the game's already prepared for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you shuffled and it was great. We played it at the museum in Bristol. We also played it in a cafe when we were sheltering yeah. from the rain. Yes. And it was literally just samples at the deck of cards, already prepped, deals out the cards, four on the table, done. You're starting in like yeah. 30 seconds or so. And that for me, and, and it feels like I got flashbacks to when I was a kid on family holidays where it was a, it was a rainy day on the holiday for example and it felt like you know oh we've got this deck of cards which which card game should we play today kind of thing and, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and and to actually have that degree of um, meta strategy very quickly um is great it's a, it's a great fix and it and actually it's interesting sam thinking about it you're saying it's like the mind it is actually it's like it's like the mind that's not collaborative it's competitive the mind yeah and that's what yeah. i quite like it took me to that headspace and i actually prefer it to the mind actually um really i think not necessarily because it's competitive but because it, it it's not all about that invisible kind of meta communicative yeah. kind of aspect that's one I of think, its many I think, facets i think it's a, it's a slower it's it is slow. It kind of is a slow one to get because you only, I think, six nymphed only really lands when you play something and someone else reacts to something that you've played. If I play a card 
say for example and like that card eliminates a row which means a card that you took a risk on that you took a gamble on playing suddenly won't land you lots of bulls and lots of penalty points when i see re- your reaction to that like you know wipe the sweat off your brow or just go oh thank god yeah like so that's when six nymph makes those triggers you just go oh so that's the strategy like so yeah six nymph can be a bit more of a slower burn but you're absolutely right chris if like for some reason i've got this false memory of playing six nymph in a in a rainy caravan in some caravan park in wales that that never existed it just feels like mm. it does feel like a game that i've been playing for 10 or 15 years and it's just it's just one of those exceptionally versatile tiny wonderful experiences and it's kind of those are the games i'm chasing at the moment i think i don't don't know pete i guess what i want to know is like if that's not what you're after then what are you after in time in terms of like tight 20 minute experiences with a very varied play account well let me tell you (laughs) uh so I have been playing Seven Wonders. This week, Pete (laughs) has been playing. (laughs) Do you say Seven Wonders? I haven't been playing the board game. Uh, I've been playing the digital adaptation. You've been playing the actual landmarks. Of the board game. Yeah, I've been been seeing if I can get to um, uh, Giza and... Pa- there's one called like, on. something like Palathanakos or something like that. Yeah. Uh, close. Something <laughs> close. Thanks. Uh, there's one called Rhodes. There are. Uh, there's one. The M25. Called. <laughs> ah, the seventh wonder of ah. the world. Yeah, the M25. Um, so, yeah, I've not been playing the actual ball game, though, I, though we do own it. Uh, and we do own Duel, and we've talked about that before. But um, I've never played the app before, the video game uh, version. And uh, it's only available on iOS and Android. It doesn't have a PC version. And immediately I was like, why? Why isn't there a PC version? And um, after playing about 20 games of it on Android, um, I think I understand why. Um it is really good, and I think a PC version would be really neat, but uh, I've been playing games of Seven Wonders in three minutes. Like, that really is actually how long it takes to play that game. Once you Three minutes. Like, a minute per age. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about it... Like, if you think about it, Chris, the rest of the 27 minutes are taken up with all the adding you have to do. Right. So, so I know, Sam, that one of your, one of your criticisms. How many games of darts have we played, Sam, where most of it has been spent around the chalkboard? So, I, (laughs) Sam, I've heard, we've, I've heard, I've heard your opinion that it is just GCSE maths, but I, I, but, if that's your criticism of it, and I think that's fair enough, because I think the scoring of Seven Wonders, I have played the, the board game before, and I, I do find the scoring side of things a little bit tedious. Um, uh, there is a there is a separate app that allows you to calculate all that stuff, but whatever, whatever blah, blah, blah. Um, if you find that that is the thing that you don't like, then yeah, the computer game version gets rid of all of that. I mean, you still have to do mentally all of the thinking about like, like, 
You still got to play the game, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've actually got to do the, the the maths on the fly, which is you know, there's a plenty of maths in in tons in tons of board games that we play. We we should probably briefly explain, I guess, what Seven Wonders is. I mean, uh, so it's like it's a multiple like I think it's like one of the most award winning board games of all time. Yeah, Antoine Bowser, uh, the designer. Antoine Bowser, um, and uh, it is about. Um, you have uh, essentially it's a it's kind of a, like a card game in which you get a hand of cards and you pick one of the cards in your hand and then you pass that the remaining hand onto the person to your left or to your right, um, depending on which direction the game is going. Um, and uh, and you keep doing that. And the whole aim of the game is to get these victory points and you get victory points by either uh, putting down victory point cards or cards. Uh, that sort of give you tertiary benefits of victory points in the end. So, for example, um, you might want green science technology cards. If you get three of those, then you get 3x, I think 3x3 points or something like that uh, at the end of it. And this is some of the GCSE maths that Sam is talking about. Um, so, But to buy those green cards, you need resources like wood and bricks and stone. And to get those, obviously, you have to pick those from the hand as well. So it's kind of a... The game is a... I mean, it's a classic, and it is... A, uh, it, it's a hand management game and a uh, a resource management game at the same time. You're you're just trying to figure out what is the what is my strategy for getting these victory points and uh, doing the sort of also trying to figure out what your opponents are going for at the same time. The digital version. Now, if you think about that, all that physically handing things over, pulling from like a, li- a you know a hand of cards, that kind of thing, that slows the game down. Uh, I mean, it's a quick game, but it slows the game down. When you're playing the AI, genuinely, five minutes? I can play a game in five minutes. So essentially, um, you're speed running Seven Wonders. I'm speed running Seven Wonders. And it's this very different experience of... It is speed running a board game, but what you're doing is you are getting to the meta of the game much, much much faster like i have played maybe three games of seven wonders the board game in my entire life i have played 20 in the last week on this digital app it's only monday as well i know right i've been i've been i've been getting better and better and better at seven wonders like and so just by speeding up the process by putting all the information in front of you that you would normally have anyway. It's just you haven't got to take the fraction of a second that it will be to look to your left physically, calculate what this person has, look to your right physically, calculate what this person has. It's by speeding all of these elements up, you get to the heart of what the strategy of Seven Wonders actually is. And it's good. Are you itching to play the physical version again? Are you like, oh yeah, I want to bring all this matter to the table? Yeah, yeah. Like, but we'll like, all have to be very quiet, and we'll just have to pass our cards around at lightning speed. Zip, 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 zip. Yeah, going around the room like lightning fast. Yeah, I mean, because I think it'll be really interesting. Because I think the game is doing a lot of work to smooth out that meta that you will, you will just get frustrated by when you play the, yeah, physical version. Yeah, absolutely. Like in the in the physical version, if I want to know how much further is this person. Uh, yeah. Than me, I have to. I have to look at 
everything that they have and just go uh, and trying to figure out the maths of it and that is but that, and that <laughs> Pete, is no good part, I, I think that's part of the fun there's nothing better when somebody who's been so confident in like the first two ages that they've got the most military might and they're not mm. been aware of the fact that the person next to them has just literally pipped them at the post and suddenly mm. they've got all this military and that point where they turn to you say oh my gosh where, when did you do this yeah. I love that and I think yeah no you lose that a little bit. There is something very enjoyable about that, but it is it is almost through but by playing it in a digital digital fashion, you're almost playing it on a different level. Like playing it physically adds this layer of friction that to to this to the overall meta strategy of what the game actually is. Whereas whereas <laughs> the digital version cuts all of that away. Other people. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, yes. this is my thing. I'm I'm really starting to believe that the one thing Pete hates about board games is of playing with other people. Like it just seems like they just they just slow me down. No, no, no. <laughs> Human cattle grids. Do you reckon, Sam, that when we are playing, like you occasionally get together to play Civ Five online? Do you think just Pete just mutes the chat? It just oh yeah, it's just playing against his AI. Uh, I, think I know, you... I know. I mean, I'm pulling yeah. your leg, Pete. I know this isn't about that at all. I, know I think... it's... I'll like it much better when they're quiet. i'll tell you one thing the seven wonders app doesn't do back chat (laughs) that's true that's true that's true you can mute people you can mute people thank god all right quick question uh so we've had a question from at fatboy underscore rob via twitter thank you uh, at fatboy underscore rob um what was his twitter again at fatboy underscore rob Okay. Uh, and he sent this via at Staying In Pod. Uh, you can also do it on Facebook and Staying In Pod at gmail.com. And uh, just you. a very quick one uh, because um, uh, I feel like it probably needs to be. <clears throat> Toy Story 4 mm. is better than Toy Story mm. 3. Okay. Who, who around this table has seen Toy Story 3? Oh, I've seen Toy Story 3. I've seen Toy Story 3. I've seen Toy Story 3. Peter Winnington has seen Toy Story 3. Who around this table has seen Toy Story 4? No. Okay, so, yeah, this is going to be a very quick question. Pete, what happens in the beginning of Toy Story 4? I feel like Woody and Buzz are up to their old antics. And uh, they meet a new character called... Well, if we see in the trailer, we all know what the new character is. It's Mr. Pickles. Spoonie? Forky. Oh, Forky. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, so Buzzy, Buzzy and, <laughs> and Woody, Buzzy Woody are up to their old tricks a... and they meet their new friend. Forky. Spoonie. Spoonie. Sp- Forky Spoonie. Spoonie. <laughs> ah, Forky Spoonie. I see you've played it before. Uh, and and what do they what do they do? They so this is the opening forty minutes. They okay of Toy Story four. Uh, the Spoon Fork wants to get back to the restaurant that he was part of and okay. uh, deliver delicious food to the masses. Whereas Buzz and Woody are like, ah, we're toys. We're not really into that. And then. But then they go on an adventure to make sure that he gets back home. Okay, so traditional like heroes arc, but Chris, yes, Sam, what happens 
for the next middle third of Toy Story 4? Um, what will happen will be that the characters become separated. I think Forky will be kidnapped, perhaps by Knifey. <laughs> oh, ooh, what a twist. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, basically, it'll be either Woody or Buzz's fault, and they will, be, they will yeah. have a dispute with each other, and they will have to make amends with each other in order to collectively save Forky from Knifey. Yeah. Now, Chris, will there be a song? Uh, is Randy Newman still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Then there will be a song. Is- <laughs> <laughs> then there will be a sing. Okay. All right. Okay. So that happens in Toy Story Four. There's, there's one song. There's one song in Toy Story Four. Just the one. Just the yeah. one, which some people may think is a benefit to the Toy Story series. Mm. What's the title of the song, Sam? The to- the title of the song is um, hmm. is I've got four prongs, you've got one, and it's Forky explaining to Knifey how even though Knifey's only got one prong, yep. and he's got four, yep. they might be different, but really... They're the same. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's like af- I'm a pink toothbrush, you're a blue toothbrush. <laughs> and after this song, Knifey realizes that if if we could only work together, then maybe our goals are actually a little bit the same. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost saying we could eat this steak, but it's a lot easier to eat a steak with a knife and fork than it is just with a fork or a knife. That's kind of the, the lesson. Mm-hmm. So Forky and Knifey, they are able to reconcile their differences. They, Because at this point, what we didn't say is that they'd then been locked away in a cellar by a uh, bad cutlery collector called Baron Von yep. Spoon. And <laughs> they managed to escape by working together. Um- while singing Baron Von Spoon My forks are better than your prongs. Yeah, Baron Von Spoon is spelled S P umlauted U N. It's like it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they escape and they didn't realise that Baron Von uh Spoon, Spoon. uh lives on an island yeah. like almost sort of um uh Counter Monte Cristo esque yeah. and they're saved by Woody and Buzz off the island and they sail off into the sunset to live together, eating steak. So, at Fatboy underscore Rob, Toy Story 4 or Toy Story 3? I actually prefer Toy Story 3. I think more songs. Better written. Uh, Better written. I'll be honest. Better better written. Less silverware. Less silverware. Characters are a bit more fleshed out. I feel... Toy Story 4 feels like a film that was created over dinner. You know, when they kind of run out of ideas and they're just like, how about these? And just held up their cutlery and just thought, yeah, yeah. that'll do. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like it's the kind of film that was written at quarter past 11 on a Monday evening. Yeah. Um, and it, it has been hot as well, hasn't it? Really. It, it has, has been, been really, really hot. It's been really hot. Yeah, so... Toy Story 3 is the unequivocal answer 
to that that question. Yeah, so thanks for your question. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, we don't deserve questions no. really. No, we don't. I think I've got a game that Pete would love. I don't know if he's played it because I've not asked him. Come on. Now's a perfect time, Chris. Now is a perfect time. Yeah. Peter, have you played a game called Donut County? No, but I've heard that it is fantastic. It is so up your street. And the problem is yeah. now I've said that, you're automatically not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when I've played this for the very first time, I thought Pete will love this game. Okay. It's and I, I I hate doing this. I'm kind of being hypocritical now, but it it does remind me of if Night in the Woods had changed developers about halfway through, and it was developers who did Jazz Punk, and <laughs> what they okay. spat out the other end was this game. It would be this. This is uh, from uh, Ben Esposito, who Sam will probably know. He did he did Unfinished Swan. And actually, oh. he was working on this. He was working on this while he was finishing up Unfinished Swan. I bought this because I just completed uh, Detroit Become Human, which was free on PS Plus um, a couple of months ago. What a game. What a game. So the hook for this game, the lure of this game, why I go back to this game, and I've gone back repeatedly, is have you ever watched videos of like one of those industrial crushes? And people just drop random stuff into it. And that satisfaction of watching something just um, be eviscerated and just um, dissipate Uh, into the bowels of this thing. Or when somebody makes a very good hoop shot in basketball, like um, three points. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That that, that second one. Or even just when you were a child, like putting blocks into their correctly shaped um, holes, essentially. Or as we're talking about with Scythe, when you've got the lovely little dents in the board and slotting the pieces in, that satisfaction of that, that is Donut County. Um, the plot is farcical. Um, you play, um, it's in a world where you've got anthropo- anthropomorphized animals living alongside humans. And uh, this what? young uh, girl, Mira, <laughs> she's best friends with her buddy, BK, who is Iraqi. Okay, I'm in. I'm on board. And, uh, she works a donut shop with him. And he's addicted to this app, which, um, and he's trying to find a way to afford to get enough credit to buy his own quadcopter. And he, so he sends out donut orders to people in the town, people ordering donuts, except he thinks he's sending out donuts. He's actually sending out holes. And you as a player, you uh, move this hole around um, on the land there. And it's a small hole. So you're swallowing small things and it just falls in effortlessly and each time something falls in the hole gets slightly bigger so what starts off with a pebble and a paper cup will eventually become an entire tower block and there's something quite satisfactory about it's almost like you've got this upside down hoover and you're just going around (laughs) and it, it, it and tidying up and watching these people fall into this hole because the game is told um, as a series of flashbacks where all the townspeople are just sat around a fire several hundred miles underground, deeply, deeply peeved at the fact that this raccoon has brought them all down here and they're recounting <laughs> how they got here. And it's brilliant. And halfway through the game, my partner was like, um, what are you playing? What's this? 
And I explained the premise and she was like, can I have a go? And I didn't get the controller back. She completed the game, went back to the beginning and played up to where she'd gone. And I've never had that before. Um, that instance it just it, she just loved it and I loved it and I and I was getting to a difficult bit in Detroit and I was playing Spyro 2 and so I think oh no I'm just gonna go back to Donut County that is immediate satisfaction mm. and 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 it's not just and and like these kind of great games that it does some very interesting kind of mechanical things with the whole it's like a catapult function where you can blast stuff out of it to solve puzzles and things but ostensibly it is tidying up and hoovering up this level and and watching a new scene open up thinking oh my gosh this is going to be so great you can mapping it out in your head i'm going to start with that going to move here then i'm going to swallow that raccoon with the builder's hat on then i'm going to take the parakeet on the on the vespa then i am going to take um the possum who's trying to sleep i'm going to totally swallow his bunk bed up this is going to be hilarious he's not going to see this coming then i will swallow up this entire traffic jam of traffic and it's just hilarious. It's it's a bit like mm. Human Fall Flat in that ridiculousness. Is it really that fun? Just like moving a circle around a screen and just seeing what falls in. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. It is. <laughs> well, like, I can't put well, my finger. It. it might not be fun for you, but I, I've. And I, to be honest, I was really apprehensive about it. Actually, the one thing that I kind of don't like is it. There's a lot of text to kind of scroll through. I'm starting to sound. Oh, I know. Well, and the, I'm not. I wasn't. To be honest, I wasn't looking for something that was right. Yeah. Story driven to some extent. I I just wanted that that physics puzzler. In the same way that Human okay. Fall Flat does it. It's Human Fall Flat. There isn't really a narrative per se. Right. It's no. just looking at the different kind of landscapes in which you try and traverse this humanoid blob across to comic effect. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of text, which admittedly you can skip through if you want to um, in the game to get to the levels. It um, reminds me a lot of um, uh, Katamari Damacy, if you've ever yes. played that. Like, again, like similar kind of... Um, similar kind of... Uh, well, mechanic, structure, and also like humor, it sounds like kind of weird and out mm-hmm. there and um, a little bit goofy, a little bit. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's bonkers. Um, yeah. Can I just say, incidentally, a little bit of a shout out? This was uh, published by Annapurna Interactive, who uh, probably people are aware are going through some quite financial difficulties at the moment. And they're a studio I really like and admire. They gave the world Florence mm. amongst many titles. Mm. They are in some difficulties at the moment. So if anyone. If you if you're curious about any of their games, I strongly recommend you check them out. Well, I recommend you get them now because they're yeah. digital. Uh, so just to support them, really. All right, good fun, very short but sweet. Give that a go. Like a donut itself. So that was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, and Doctor Chris Darby. Uh, if you like what you heard, then. The best thing you can do next is just share the podcast with a friend. Listen over lunch or have a party together whilst also maybe playing 20 Second Showdown, which is incredible. And thank you again to Big Potato Games for sending us a copy. If you'd like to send us a question or maybe look at what we're doing on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, then just search at Staying in pod on all those things and staying in pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email but for the time being it's goodbye from all of us bye bye <laughs>